This episode of the University of Pleasure is brought to you by Choke Coffee. That's right, University of Pleasure fans. This is our first official sponsor, and we are thrilled to be partnering with Choke Coffee. Now, you're asking yourselves, Choke This is a sex podcast. What are we talking about here? Well, it's not the kind of choke that you would think we would be talking about in the University of Pleasure. It actually has to do with jujitsu. And I am sure they actually make those sounds. This is fuel for grappling, folks. And I happen to be an expert on jujitsu. Why, you ask? Because I took three years of Olympic karate in the elementary school days. And of course, I watched the UFC. So I am one step from a ninja. Nobody challenge me, especially after I have a cup of hot choke coffee. So check out chokecoffeeco.com. Again, that website is chokecoffeeco.com for all things jujitsu choke coffee. Clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure. Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, you and I almost make a full human right now. Between <laughs> we are the, a we're just a sad pair. pair. You and me. Sad pair. I mean, between the so the doc's been having these headaches, and I had to have full reconstructive surgery on my wrist and hand. So together, I'm not gonna lie. I'd still take my headaches, man. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> doc, over I yours. would take your headaches too. I have I'd to take mine. I would take your headaches. I'm not gonna. Too. I'm not gonna take the crown off. And we're back, folks. Here we are, University of Pleasure. As we said, the doc's been having some headaches. and I had reconstructive surgery on my hand, but my voice... So this voice, is going to be a great episode. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> I've been taking Percocet, which, by the way, you know, people say Percocet is so great. I got to be honest with you. Like, I get more out of having a... a, a, a sleep aid Tylenol than I do a Percocet. Like, I don't really notice it. Although my wife says she's like... Did you take a Percocet? Because then she says, I noticed that. And I'm like, I don't know. What? Were you making faces? Am I not talking about drugs? No, my phone. No, because my phone was attached to these headphones and somehow started shouting in my ear while you were talking. (laughs) Oh, my Mac. It's Mac products. And they all like talk to each other. And like, you know what I mean? All right. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. So let's have some announcements. Can Can I really, before we do announcements about announcements, I do want to go on the record and say, I did request that perhaps we consider Greg hosting with me today instead of someone who was high on Percocet. And then Jeremiah said no, because he was afraid. Can you tell me what, can you tell the audience what you said? I don't remember exactly the wording. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, listen, listen, (laughs) if he comes in and everybody likes him more, I can't, I can't handle it. Okay. And I said, heaven for, and then I said, heaven forbid if our ratings go up. What? (laughs) How very dare how very fucking dare you, okay? How 
terrible would that be? <laughs> it would. It, listen, we uh, we have millions of fans all over the world. Jeremiah James fans. All right. I'm just saying. Every time Greg comes on, and then you're like, Greg, Greg, you're the best. And I'm like, like I just, just let me get through my hand surgery. You can have Greg as much as you want. All right. Just let me have this one thing. All right. You can have, you can have this thing. Thank I wasn't, you. I, I think you're supposed to keep calm. So let's just, I'm 100% we'll just keep calm. that blood pressure down. I'm 100% keep blood calm. Pressure down. All right. So announcements about announcements. Jesus. Uh, that we have the Amy book out. Go check it out on Audible or wherever you listen to your audiobooks, written by Autumn Karen and myself. And of course, uh, it is read by the incredible Kelly Dorney, my ex-wife, in fact. She crushed it. And, uh, you know, you should definitely leave us messages. Like our last episode, somebody left us a message and we talked all about it. So if you've got any thoughts, you can give us a call on our phone number, which of course is what, Doc? Oh, I don't have that. No one's called our phone number ever. <laughs> oh, all right. Fine. Forget about it. Jeez. <laughs> you know what's better? I would say email us at contact at universityofpleasure.com or DM us on Instagram. That's totally cool. Yeah. You know, the kids aren't really making phone calls anymore, are they? That's what I mean. Nobody's I can't wait for calls. us to start our TikTok channel. Full stop. All the little TikTok, 10 second TikToks we're going to do together, you and me, Doc, are going to be so great. So, so great oh my goodness i can't wait let's all let's just see if we can get our health through the next couple of weeks all, right. about... <laughs> <laughs> all righty well so those are all of our announcements about announcements and uh yeah today the doc gave me a really great uh what is it uh, a title for today's episode and oh, this is gonna be a slog fest today it is doc, gonna be it? this is gonna be something <laughs> But I actually am really I, I I love this one. And I had to I had to double check with her before we jumped on to record because I'm like, all right, what are we actually talking about here with this episode? And she explained, and so I'm gonna let her explain, but first you gotta dial it down. Gotta get the old Jeremiah James sexy narrator voice out. D is for disappointment. Don't worry, you can handle it. Mm-hmm. I did that little thing at the end right there just for you, Doc. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't, we, we didn't need to do it again. Didn't need it? Well, I liked it. Anyway, the point is, I think <laughs> this is a really great, great thing. Because we, we, we live in a world, you know, especially now, like, I gotta say, it's like social media and all this other stuff. It like just points to like everything. If you don't live this life, you're a disappointment. If you don't do this, you're it's a disappointment. If you're not a star like your old pal Jeremiah James, it's a disappointment, right? So here's the thing. I'm excited to talk about this because I really feel that this is something that has kind of in the last 10 years amped up so much in the real world with people. I think it's good. We're talking about it, Doc. So what were you thinking? Because you didn't give me background yeah. as to the disappointment, but I'm just, I'm yeah. putting the pieces well, that, together You know, interestingly, here. what you're talking about, like existentially, am I a disappointment? That's not the theme of this disappointment one, but separately, we should do a whole episode on that, right? Of course. Like, how to cope when we feel like we are a disappointment or not doing enough or not enough. That is a separate, let me, let me jot that down, Jeremiah, oh. because that is, it's, is a good a good topic in and of itself. See? This actually, because there's a lot of different angles of disappointment. For any emotion, there's a lot of different angles. The angle of today's dialogue really is more around 
um, managing our fear of disappointing others. Okay, this is good. Okay. Because okay. it plays a really big role in relationships and how we behave in relationships. This is true. A lot of, you know, we could talk about like when we are worrying that we're a disappointment, but like we only got so much time and let's be real. I don't know that either of us are the sharpest tools in the shed. What? Currently. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so rather than diving into the deep existential nature of like oneself and feeling as though we are a disappointment. Let's talk more about maybe disappointment as it pertains to relational dynamics. I that? think that's a great idea. Let's keep it tight and lean here, Doc. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's keep it simple. Yeah. Because I think maybe you're feeling that Percocet more than you're aware. I, listen, <laughs> you know, here's the funny thing. I, like I said, like, I don't think I notice it, but my wife was like, you took a Percocet. I'm like, what? I, yeah. I don't notice any changes. And she's like, oh, honey give me a break so like i said i, I think maybe I, lack of insight is maybe a side effect of opiates so <laughs> maybe maybe anyway it's not about me let's talk more well, about disappointment in relationships yes okay well here's the reason that i want to talk about this like as a therapist psychologist sex therapist like whew, fear of disappointing others i talk about this daily daily right as it pertains to sex as it pertains to like navigating like relational dynamics right. and it really can create a lot of control over sort of our behaviors in certain ways right like mm -hmm. um you know we all and i and i know this is like not a kind of a no dust statement but it's important to say it out loud we will all disappoint others in our lifespan this is true times. this is true you cannot prevent it. However, understandably so, we try to prevent it as much as we can. Yes. And I think some of us have, and sometimes that's also like based on like family dynamics and ways people grew up or just sort of certain personality characteristics. But some of us truly do have much more anxiety around the potential of disappointing people than others, right? Yes. Some of us can feel a lot of fear and a lot of concern. And some people don't fear it enough. <laughs> yeah, well, yes and yes, yes, 100% on that. <laughs> some, some people are just are like, ah, who gives a crap, right? And those people might be um, observed as inconsiderate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not really talking about like either end of like extreme on that spectrum. I'm talking about more of like, what are some like day-to-day, -day, very common ways that this might uh, negatively impact someone? Right. So like, if we'll just start, we'll, we'll start uh, more specific and get more general. So let's just uh, talk about how it might pertain to sex. Okay. It pertains to sex in like very meaningful ways often. Like a lot of times um, people are often really afraid of like saying no to something or like not trying something or maybe like being honest about something they might like or might be interesting to them because they're worried that they're going to disappoint a sexual partner, right? Yes, like, yes. so for instance, and it, and it can create some really tricky patterns and don't get me wrong. I'm not really judging. I mean, it's, it's normal to fear disappointing others. We've talked about it many times on this podcast. Many, right? can... many, even I remember that we've talked about it many times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because we're a community species, right? Like, 
we are inherent to our survival is the desire to be able to like keep our connections close. Right. So these things that we kind of, these fears that we have, they're, they're protective mechanisms, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just because they're protective mechanisms doesn't mean sometimes they can't be counterproductive in some kind of way. Sure. But like an, an example of like, how could this play? And there's lots of different ways, infinite number of ways this could play out sexually, but like a common way that it might play out sexually is that somebody is like, you know, keep saying yes to sex or types of sex that they're not actually interested in for fear of disappointing somebody, which initially on the front end can seem like a good solution, but it has a sustainability problem. Yeah, right? exactly. Because it's going to drop off. It's going to eventually, it's just like anything, you know, it's like eventually someone's going to go like, I never really liked that anyway. And that, that itself causes a mm -hmm. problem because then it's like, wait a minute, We've been doing this for how long? And you you just been doing it because you just wanted to make me feel good? Because then that partner's like, oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? Like, that's a... Yeah, that, that sustainable, like, that right there, like, actually is uh, Percocet, Jeremiah James. Very insightful right here. Very insightful. <laughs> Did you see? Did you see? <laughs> right, that, that dynamic where somebody, like, says, keeps on saying yes to something, and then all of a sudden they can't sustain it. And then sometimes it's very abrupt. They'll be like, their partner will end up feeling like lied to about yes. it. They'll be like, wait 100%. a minute, you didn't. Like, I know people, like there's all sorts of different ways that I've seen this like kind of manifest. Like I've, people said yes to like opening up a relationship and they didn't actually want to do it. Yep. Or they said yes to a certain specific sexual act that they didn't really want to do, or right. like literally just being sexual. Yep. But a lot of times their partner will then go, whoa, hold up. like you didn't want to be doing any of that. And then they feel just deceived in some kind of way. And it creates a real, you know, and the irony of it is like, usually it wasn't coming from a malicious place. It was coming from a, like, I want to please you. I don't want to disappoint you place. But what ends up happening is both people then end up feeling kind of salty. Yes. Um, the other things that can happen, like, that make it a sustainability problem, uh, sometimes too, and these are maybe not quite as dramatic a ways, but like, Sometimes like if you're if you're just saying yes because you're worried about disappointing somebody, your partner senses that you're not very into it. Yeah. <laughs> well that I mean that see here's the thing. And I and we I know we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. But you know, if, if if you're not really into it and you're just kind of going through the motions or just doing it to to make your partner happy. Again, we're talking sustainability problems, but also, you know, that that's not fun for anybody, really, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, because. Oh, and it's it's got an energy, right? You yeah. can feel often people feel that energy. And part of what and if we make this more specific about sex, like, you know, the mutual enjoyment is part of what's erotic and arousing to a lot of people. It's yes. not like, don't get me wrong. There are some sexual partners that are like, I just want to get mine and I don't care. But those are more the exception than the rule. I right? Agree like, with that. And, that, and that's a separate kind of struggle and a different dialogue for a different day yeah. but like most people it's going to be a turnoff like somebody could say like uh okay i know that you're a fan of anal right like somebody could say like hey like let's try anal and someone could be like they're really not comfortable or not ready to do that but then they're like well i don't want to disappoint them so i do but like somebody's desire for if we use it as an example anal is maybe going to be surpassed by their desire to just generally have a good time. So if you're having anal, like you, okay, someone says yes, and you're engaging in like anal intercourse or anal play or something with them, and you can tell they're not into it at all, you probably would have had a better time just not doing it and doing something else that both people are finding mutually enjoyable. Right, right. Is that, no, does that feel fair? No, it totally is fair. I totally agree. Like, 
like to it from a sexual dynamic perspective, it really often does not like, so it's, it's always <laughs> like, I think that that's always part of the complexity. So it's like, Oh, I'll disappoint them. And I'm like, ironically, you may disappoint them more. You're, no, it is more. By doc, saying, it's by not ironically. Like. It's the truth. If you do something you don't like, and then you keep doing it and it builds up frustration and, you know, um, uh, resentment. Yes. Gosh, that was right there, Doc. I was reaching for it. I could see it, mm. but it just didn't. It didn't want to. But you only got me... one hand, right? I only but you got, only got one, one hand. Working, <laughs> working hand right now, so you couldn't reach quite as far. I couldn't reach for it, and I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll get that start... off the shelf for you. Yeah. It, it it really does. It causes resentment, and then all of a sudden you could lash out. I never like this, and I never really want to be doing this. And then somebody might have been on board, thinking that you were really enjoying yourself the whole time and it could cause that much more disappointment frustration and and and, and truthfully sadness because you know you don't want to yeah. you know you let somebody feels that you were being dishonest in those moments that could be really really hard down the line and yeah and hurt hurtful hurtful Just yeah. Hurtful. yeah yeah and and again sometimes it doesn't get that far because somebody notices right some people are better performers than others that's right, right. Right. And mm -hmm. some people like really are not. I've had plenty of people I worked with and just people that I know that are like not great at performing when they're not into something. Well, listen, <laughs> you know, what? I got to be honest. I actually which, I, which I, actually helps. I, I was going to say that way. would be helpful, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. some of those people it doesn't that, get too far. It doesn't get too far. You know what I mean? Because if it gets down the line, all of a sudden you're like a year into the relationship and somebody all of a sudden pulls a ripcord and they're like, I never liked any of these 10 things. I just did it for you. It's like, oh, my God. God, you know, but yeah. if you're somebody who is not good at performing and you're like, nah, I didn't dig it. Sorry. It, le it faces, it forces you, <laughs> faces you, it forces you to There's have a straight up hard conversation, <laughs> much like me have. using words today. So we should have had Greg. My instinct was right. We should have had Greg on. No, just back how up, back dare up you? Dial. How dare you? <laughs> okay. Maybe for the next one, we'll just have him. In, no, in the room. We'll do a three. We'll do three of us. All right, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do the. We'll do a three-person convers a round table conversation. We'll do a round table. So I. Um, but that's. I agree. It's like you know, because down the line, all of a sudden, that could be very upsetting. But if you do have somebody that can't, you know, perform, then it really does become a situation of. Um, you know, you have to have that straight up difficult conversation. Kind of like right away, you know what I mean? I, ideally, although ironically, sometimes what unfortunately what happens is like sometimes, and some couples do that and they do that mm -hmm. very well. Some couples just begin to avoid it. I mean, another sort of sustainability problem is like whether it's because a partner is noticing that it's not going that well, mm. or if it the person themselves, like you know, if you're not really uh feeling what it, the things that you're doing sexually like you're gonna have a hard time staying present for them and the more you have a difficult time staying present for whatever it is that you've agreed to it is going to likely lead not for all people but likely it does lead to more avoidance over time right so people will find more and more reasons to start avoiding sex and then that becomes confusing yeah. and sometimes partners and some of these partners avoid it because they're like i don't know what's happening here and it's stressing me out and we're not talking about it so you know, yep. people just generally become more sexually avoidant. Totally agree. Totally agree. But if, if you were to ask me what's the biggest risk of it, like it's really more around like that 
that development of like deeper resentment. Like resentment is much more poisonous to yes. a relationship. Oh, great way to describe that. Poisonous. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's it is like poison. Resentment, it, it seeps in there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just that's just, a really great way to describe that, Doc. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the reason that I bring this up is sex is an example, but these that dynamics like around like fear of disappointing others and how it might like cause us to say yes to things, even though we're not really, or like agree to things we're not really willing to do or give. Yeah. Like this happens in relationships overall, right? We yes. often give, we often give beyond what we would prefer in order to reduce the potential of disappointing others. And don't get me wrong in degrees, this can be healthy, right? Like, so like when we think of like negotiation, mm-hmm. like nego- so it's not all or nothing, right? Like we do have to like sometimes make ourselves a little uncomfortable or be like, well, I rather would have done this, but okay. Right. It's really, when I talk about this is like when it can be problematic is it's more about a chronic overgiving, like a chronic, like I'm going to keep doing things I don't want to do because I'm worried about disappointing someone else. It's really more about when it is in excess. And, you know, it's really a struggle because when we keep chronically overgiving, we have less for ourselves and life just kind of starts to suck more. Yeah. In a variety of ways. Yep. I totally agree with that wholeheartedly. And sometimes the reason that this is really tricky is, don't get me wrong, there are sometimes when people are putting legit pressures on us, right? They're asking for more. They're like pressuring us for more. Like sometimes that can happen at work or that can happen. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we are giving more than anyone is asking. We're anticipating, we're fearing that we might disappoint them. So we anticipate those needs and we're like way overdoing it, even though somebody's like literally never asked. Like you might have, let's think about something more benign, not sex related. Like you might have a boss that, I don't know, you really want to impress. And so the first couple months of your job, you work a 60 hour work week, but they're not expecting that of you right? You just keep pushing the envelope and you get all this praise, right? Here's how this shit gets out of control, right? Mm-hmm. Because people are like, oh, you're such a hard worker. You're exceeding our expectations. Don't exceed people's expectations. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> this is a psychologist speaking. Like, I'm not saying don't, but like, be thoughtful about that. If people, if you're at work and you know that like this work is way too much. Like if I play this out five years, I'm going to burn out. And you have a boss going, you're exceeding all of our expectations. Reel it in. The reason I would say is reel it in for two reasons. One is just that it it could slowly be killing you, like literally taking years off your life because Mm -hmm. it's like way too much. Mm -hmm. But two, you are now creating a different set of expectations for people in which if you'd start doing less, now they might actually be disappointed right in you right because all of a sudden you've given and you've given and you've given and then all of a sudden it's like they take it as like you turn to the you know faucet off you know of all of your over like we know what you're capable we of know what now, you're capable right? of like, like so is like everything they... all right in your life because you yeah. give so much you always you know show up and give me a big hug in the morning and then you work 70 hours and then you do all these things it's like where was my hug today is there a problem <laughs> where is the thing you know what i mean like it's a whoa yeah so right. i'm with you on this 100 percent, doc because uh i'm a low effort high reward kind of guy <laughs> All right. And so therefore, I agree. The doc is saying don't put in as much effort because then you won't disappoint people. Well, much. you know, I think it's more nuanced than that. No, what I'm, I'm saying just, is, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this, this is what my I would say is 
<laughs> if you be thoughtful about like we set to a certain degree, we help, we don't completely own it, but we help shape the expectations other people have of us. This is true. Right? This is true. Through our behavior, we shape it, right? And also through the boundaries that we set or the things that we say we're not. Sometimes the things that we say we're not going to do are much more important than the things we say we are going to do. Right, right. And having boundaries and having limits. And, and I get that this side note, I say this, these things are hard and they're hard to do and setting yes. boundaries, setting limits, like, because a lot of us, my point is like that example about work, like it's reinforced, it's rewarded. A lot of us in life, when we've gone above and beyond, whether it's in work and relationships, friendships, we get positive reinforcement for that. People yes. tell us like, good for you. Well done. You know, and that stuff's like yummy and we eat it up and then, mm -hmm. and then it makes us even more scared to not, to disappoint. Well, right? I'll tell to you, I can, I can honestly tell you something us. that this is, this is totally true and it, it doesn't have to do with sex per se, but I'm a very gregarious, very kind, very, uh, uh, happy go lucky guy. Right. And I've come to find that, you know, like I, you know, I have somebody like I would go and I like a, a person I'd see in a show every day that, you know, has a job and I would come and give them, you know, like a hug like that's just, you know, they came to expect that hug. Right. And then when I then it got a little uncomfortable because then the hugs got a little bit longer and all of a sudden, you know, uh, then I started to feel a little uneasy about it and started to kind of, eh, I'm going to dial this back a little bit, but I had set this expectation of mm -hmm. that this is who I am every day. And then finally the person commented and they were like, what's the matter with you? Like you won't hug me anymore and you don't, you know, like you used to. And, 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 and this is a, a, another man. And I was like, oh, well, I just, you know, I, uh, and I didn't really have an explanation other because I didn't want to hurt their feelings, but I, you know, was genuinely like, I'm dialing this back because you were starting to make me feel a little uncomfortable, but I didn't want to disappoint them. And then I was hugging, but I'm really not a good actor. Like really not good. Like I can't hug somebody like I, like, like I can't. Which ironically, professionally you're an actor. So know, yes, <laughs> yeah, correct. Ironically. Listen, if I'm playing a part, it's one thing, but in my regular life, I'm shit liar and I can't hide things. It's all over my face. And so like, you know, I literally ended up being this situation where they were very, you know, uh, disappointed and I felt terrible and I didn't quite know. And I know it sounds something so silly as I'm explaining it, but I had set that expectation and then really wanted to kind of dial it back. And then it, you know, in doing so- It's hard it, to know how. It's hard, it's to, hard know to know how. how. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And then I felt badly because I was disappointing that person. And then it felt like, well, you didn't always need to come in and give me a hug. Like why, you know, I'm like, oh, why is this all so weird now? So, well, you, you know, just... taking your advice in this way, I know, I, I, bear with me, because there's a point to it is it's not really about not putting in the effort or not trying it. It's just the sensibility if you set a certain expectation like that, you know, uh, and it goes to a place where all of a sudden you want to make a change. It's kind of hard. If, if you've set it at an 11 out of 10, and then you just want to drop to an 8, all of a sudden mm -hmm. it could get really three. fucking awkward. You know? Yeah. You know, it, it, does. it does. It just, it does. And so I, I totally understand what you're saying. And we, when we equate it to sex, you know, if somebody was like, yes, I love anal sex all the time. And it wasn't true. And you're like, yeah, I can't wait to bend you over and have sex and fuck your ass, whatever it is. Right. 
And then, you know, you that expectation has been set is to like, that's your thing. You guys love it together. And then the other person's like, nah, I never really dug it. I just was doing it to be nice and be like, ooh, yeah. yo, like that's a hard, like, you know, drop off. Am I making sense? You are. I mean, like, I think a couple things about what you're saying. Like one, you know, all we do, all we can do is our best, right? And sometimes we don't understand, like your hog example is actually a really great one. We don't understand that we've set an expectation until we're there and we're like, oh crap, right? Yeah. Like some sometimes we genuinely just didn't realize that that was happening. And this is why I talk, this is why this episode is about the title is like, don't worry, you can handle it. Because sometimes you are going to be in a situation where like, you're truly going to have to disappoint somebody. Yeah. Like the the stuff around like, be thoughtful about the expectations you set is like more of a preventative, right? right. Like be thoughtful, but sometimes just in the course of being who we are, we might uh, like unwittingly set an expectation and then go, oh crap. Like I didn't realize I just set an unsustainable expectation. Right. Now I'm going to have to, but like you have two choices, stay on the ride that slowly is killing you mm-hmm. or <laughs> disappoint somebody, yes. have an awkward conversation and get out of the ride before it gets, get off the ride before it gets even worse. Side yes. note, that's called damage control. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And that's really to a certain degree what I'm talking about, because that fear, that fear of disappointing somebody. And a lot of times that intersects with like fear of conflict, like that fear of like disappointing somebody keeps us on that ride way too, way too long. long. And, and so the, the situation with the hug thing, it, it was way too long. And I started feeling very uncomfortable giving a hug to this person and I didn't really say anything. And then they got really rude about it because they, you know, they made like some like side, like, you know, snide comment, like, ah, no hug again today, I guess. And I was like, hey, or passive aggressive, yeah, passive kind aggressive of. which I really don't deal well in passive aggressive behavior. I'm I'm aware. I'm Not aware. at all. OK, <laughs> this is thus, uh, thus our very direct communication Correct. style, which at times uh, <laughs> abrasive, but direct, <laughs> but direct, direct is what Jeremiah needs direct. And I respect it. OK. And so literally it was that passive aggressive thing, which I don't deal well in. And then it became like, you know, hey, that wasn't, you know, you didn't need to say that. That was really rude. You said that in front of people. Anyway, my point is I didn't, I I had made a mistake myself in not being able to have that discussion up front because I really didn't want to hurt that person's feelings. And I had to learn a lesson on that, you know, like, hey, yeah, I got to let you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't always like to come in and, and give a big hug and or go hug too long or get a hug and then like at one point they like kissed me on like cheek and I was like whoa hey that this is evolving <laughs> like you know and I should have just said right then and there hey you know hey this is something that I uh, you know I'm a very giving person and just had a very straightforward conversation instead of letting it go and so it was a big learning curve for me to be like I cannot set that expectation every time when I'm working with somebody or getting to know somebody. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, having that conversation, like you're going to disappoint some people and uh, yeah. So I'm with you, doc. I'm with you on this. Yeah. I like this. I think this is a good thing. Yeah. This is good for me. And if it's good for me and I'm understanding it, then I think everybody's understanding it. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 hundred <laughs> percent. So what I think the other piece of this too, and, and you know, if I don't want to, Sometimes I struggle with writing the world's longest titles, right? I would, you know, this title could also be, you can handle it, but so can they, right? So 
part of this is like working to believe not just that like you can handle that sensation of disappointing somebody else, but also like trying to give credit to the other person that like, they're going to be okay. Like some, like how many times in your life, Jeremiah, like I think about my life, how many times, like I've had disappointment and then I'm like, oh man, and I'm like kind of bummed and like a little hurt. Yeah. And then the next day I'm done. It's all good. Or even, even many, like five minutes later, yeah. I'm done because no feeling lasts forever, right? Feelings no. are like waves. No. And so a lot of times the, what we're stalling, right? Like the feeling that we're stalling, whether it's our own disappointment or someone else's disappointment, the longer we're stalling it, the bigger that emotional wave becomes, that's right. right? And then that, and then that's what makes it harder to like the hug example is a great one, right? Like now it's building and now it seems like it's going to be a bigger deal, right? The right. And that's the counterproductive nature of avoidance. And so the more we avoid, the bigger the problem gets. And then by the time we do actually have to do something, it feels so big that it sort of paralyzes us in certain ways. Yes. And here I am as a grown man, and I was definitely paralyzed by it. And then it turned into something it didn't need to turn into. And, you know, so I I totally have learned that lesson. And now, like, talking about it with you openly here, Doc, is really like, yeah. Yeah, I should have just, they could have handled it if I had just said, hey, I'm not really a big every day. I don't really do, you know, some days I'm really in my brain or I'm working or I'm blah, blah, blah. And I may not hug yet. Or I mean, whatever my, the conversation would have been, I should have just had it in the beginning when I, when the moment that I felt a little strange or whatever. And, you know, think about those expectations for future. So I think we should take a break here. Yep. And then, I actually have a break built in oh, right here. You're so fancy. Look at this. You're so fancy, Doc. I'm loving this. So we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, Let's talk about uh, ways that we can, some tips and tricks and ways that we can- Oh, I know you love it, tips and tricks. I will weave them in, I promise. You're the best. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial, folks, because it's a word from our sponsor, and our sponsor is Choke Coffee. That's right, folks, our first sponsor, and this is our first in-between commercial break for ChokeCoffeeCode.com. Choke Coffee is submission fuel for the grappling enthusiast. It's all about jujitsu, baby, and I, Jeremiah James, your old pal, is a jujitsu champion in my own mind. That's right. In my own mind, and I love drinking a little White Belt Tears, a breakfast blend super smooth with hints of vanilla, and it's the best seller at ChokeCoffeeCo.com. So go to ChokeCoffeeCo.com. It is for the grappling enthusiasts. Hoo-ha-hee, ChokeCoffeeCo.com. And we're back, folks. So we've been talking about disappointing people, being honest and upfront and all that jazz. And uh, now we're going to talk about some ways to kind of uh, deal with possibly disappointing somebody, being a little bit more upfront. Um, you know, we all understand your buddy Jeremiah James loves confrontation. I love just be straightforward, man. We'll just deal with it. You know what I mean? But there are ways I'm sure to massage it outside of the world of me. So why don't we talk about that, Doc? Well, um, so part of this stuff, like, you know, I know we love tips and tricks, you know, and sometimes it's not as maybe it's obnoxious to everyone, I'm sure, but like not as always simple as like a, here's a simple thing to do. Well, I'll talk about some things you can do, but one of a lot of, I think what is important to be working upon for all of us. And this is just like a general note on, I don't know, being human. It's practicing awareness around things that we might be doing that is making things even harder for us. Right. Like, so for instance, let's talk about falling into the martyr trap. 
Shall Ooh, we? I like this already. Let's go. All right. So a lot of times, not always uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes when we can get really in our heads around like disappointing others. And sometimes what also can happen is that we be- can get into like kind of problematic or counterproductive patterns of anticipating what someone might expect mm-hmm. and given in a way that like give into things or like overgive in a way that's unnecessary. And the yep. other person might actually be just fine without. Right. Sure. But so we keep doing this, like we've created a story in our heads around what someone expects. Right. And we keep giving and giving. And then we're starting to get like, mm, they don't appreciate me and I'm doing all this stuff for them. And like, but you know what I mean? Sure but like do. the reality is like, this person may not actually even expect this thing, but really rather would maybe prefer it, but it's like not the end of the world to them. So here's a, this is a very simplistic example, right? Let's say, you know, your partner. I'm sorry. Did you say simplistic? Simplistic. Oh, you did. Okay, well, I just sounded like, I mean, like, I know you're having head issues, but it sounded it like you said I don't know. simplistic. And I was like, I might've, but well, then it you, made you, me question you, myself. And I was like, have I always <laughs> been saying it wrong? <laughs> No, simplistic. Sorry okay, if I continue said it on. Slowly. Continue. Um, so let's. Here's an example, and it's very simple, right? Like, so let's say you're you All know right, you didn't need to throw the attitude on with the simple. All right, I just it sounded like you said something, and it just that that was all. All right. It was. I apologize. It wasn't meant to be attitude. <laughs> I was just using a different word. Okay, a synonym. Uh, so you know. Let's say you know that your partner prefers Italian food to Chinese. Yes. Okay. But you prefer Chinese. That partner is smart. Okay. Okay. So we know where you lie on this. All That's right. right. So your partner prefers Italian food to Chinese, but you prefer Chinese, right? And you don't want to disappoint them. So you say yes to Italian. Now, that wouldn't be a problem to do it every once in a while. But let's say you're always saying yes to Italian, right? Right. Always. You always just keep saying yes, but over time, you're going to start to feel pretty salty because you haven't had what you want, right? Right. Now, your partner, and this is where the martyr stuff can come in, your partner, there's a difference between being like, I really want Chinese, and your partner just keeps bullying you into it. That's a separate issue, right? Some people never even say, but you know what? We've had Italian the last five times, and I really feel like it's my turn, and I'd like Chinese, right? Right. They have now anticipated because they're maybe worried about disappointing their partner. Like they've anticipated upset or they've like really kind of gotten, I don't know, uh, maybe a little lost in like how upsetting this might actually be. And so rather than like assert their need or advocate for their need, they've decided their partner's unwilling to let them eat Chinese food, just decided right. for right. their partner. When in reality, I know I do a lot of couples therapy. All yes, right. You do, yes. and, <laughs> I have had a lot of couple sessions where a partner will suddenly go, well, what I really want is this. And then their partner goes, that's fine. Why didn't you just say that so? Would have always, that would have always been fine. <laughs> I never, I didn't actually care. Like every year I plan a big birthday party for you and you don't appreciate it and blah, blah, blah. And I hate planning parties. Well, I don't really like having a party. I I could have been just fine without a party. I could take it or leave it. It wasn't right. that big of a deal to me. Right. But this But this person's been maybe stacking up sort of like, but I've been doing and doing and doing. A lot of times we find ourselves sort of like over giving in directions that nobody is asking us to. That's right. And then we start to feel salty about all that we're giving and all that we're doing. And so some sometimes, and I know that it can be really, and I'm not saying I haven't done this. I've totally done this, right? Like we've all done this in different ways where 
practicing some self-awareness and like literally sit down and ask yourself the question, like, am I giving in ways that I'm not being asked to and that I don't want to be given to? Also, like, am I, have I actually ever asked my partner how much, like, let's use the stupid Italian to Chinese food conversation, although for some people it might it's not be not stupid. stupid might be really right. It's not stupid. Okay. <laughs> might be very important. But like, if you never like actually ask somebody, how important is this to you? Like ask your partner, like you're giving and giving on this thing because some people like, it's just a preference, but it's not like a deal breaker. Like mm -hmm. they don't really care. This happens by the way in sex all the time where somebody decides that their partner must have, let's say intercourse. Like, it's really interesting. This comes up all the time in couples therapy, like sex therapy, where I might have a couple, this is probably maybe more of a heterosexual dynamic, but even in with queer dynamics, there might be specific sexual acts mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. somebody has decided is like, this is a necessary thing. Intercourse is a common one, right? So like, let's say uh, a couple, like you have one part, like they've been kind of more sexually avoidant or sex is like really stressful. And someone's like, well, it's because I'm not always interested in intercourse. And their partner goes, well, I don't need intercourse. And then they're like, what? <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, like I'll ask people, I'll be like, well, do you, do you need intercourse? Like, would you be pleased if you just engaged in foreplay for a while? And a partner's like, yeah, that would be totally fine. And then their partner looks over and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no I mean, if, you know, if you've not had that, di that discussion, if you've not talked about, you know, needs and wants and just you know, like mama always says, you know, is to assume, you know, yeah, you know, like, so having these, I mean, that's what we've, been, we've, we've had conversations about this, about people in the lifestyle and, you know, they, they often have like in the swing lifestyle or, or open relationships, right. That they have to have these really difficult conversations a lot. People who are very open and very, and, yes. you know, and it, you know, people say, well, I mean, we've even said sometimes their relationships are, you know, um, not necessarily better per se, but they have very difficult conversations about very difficult topics quite often, and it forces them to communicate in other ways, right? So, like, here, here's a perfect example of, you know, if, like you were talking about somebody with, like, you know, a, a straight couple or even queer couples, and they're like, you know, I think you always need intercourse. Well, if you haven't had that discussion and you're worried about disappointing them, and you don't want to let somebody down by even just having the discussion, then all of a sudden you get into this thing with Dr. You know, Tara Jansen over here, and they're like, I don't need intercourse. And then people are like, what? Like, you know, like all that way down the line, it's a shocker. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it's crazy. It, so, you know, to have that conversations up front, to have those difficult conversations is helpful. And if you're taking away a little bit of the fear, am I, I'm on the right track here, Doc? Like taking away a little of that yeah, fear I mean, of disappointment, like, you, know, you might you might be able to cut some of this off before it gets too difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think that like, it is just a fascinating thing, like certain, and I use intercourse in as an example, right? And that might be anal intercourse, vag uh, anal intercourse, vaginal intercourse across straight, queer, you know, couples, it doesn't really matter from a diversity perspective. There's always things within any sort of relational dynamic that can easily become assumed, assumed sort of expectations. Right. But if you're not checking out those assumptions, like very, but it, but it's fascinating to me. I mean, hundreds of times, maybe thousands, I've been sitting in sessions and, and asked somebody's partner, do you actually, like, how much do you actually care about that happening? And people will be like, I mean, it's nice, but it's not a, it's not a necessity. Right. You know? 
but someone has written and we, and again, I'm not saying I'm above this. Like we all write stories about what other people ex expect of us. Like we mind read, like we kind of expect people to like engage in mind reading and we mind read right? Yep. Yep. all true. the time. True. We expect it of ourselves. And so what happens though, is we start to develop a storyline about someone else's, someone else's disappointment that might not even be real, or it might be like, like someone might be like, oh man, okay, let's go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> like just, well, I mean, I tell like, you, I got to be honest. Minimal. It, minimal. Like I got to be honest with you, Doc. I, in my experience, you tell me yours. But in, in my personal experience, I have found that if I have those conversations and, you know, that more often than not, a lot of the time that it kind of ends like that. Oh, well, I didn't know you weren't really into Chinese food. Like, that's no problem. Well, we can go get cheeseburgers. You like cheeseburgers? You know, like, they're just like, oh, you know, like kind of negotiate. negotiate it. It's like, yeah, no big deal. Like, if you have the conversation, no big deal. And, but if you hold on to it and you start thinking, like, if I never have Chinese food and that I'm going to let them down so bad and you build up these narratives, it can be really detrimental down the road for well, no reason. I mean, You've been putting yourself through all this struggle for nothing. Right. And it makes the fear grow. Right. Yeah. And the more the fear grows, the harder it is. And now I want to be very clear, like. Some people I went there's a couple caveats to this that are very important. Some people do have partners that struggle with being with that really struggle with negotiation or what I would describe as very high control, meaning okay. like some people might somebody might be like observationally of a very controlling partner, right? Like when they don't want to get what they want or they don't get things their way, mm -hmm. like they're not great to be around, right? And so sometimes we acquiesce to certain things because it's just a, a coping mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. That's not sustainable, but that's a separate, more complex relational issue. Side note, if you're going through that, that would definitely be something to consider whether professional help would be useful yep. or not. Yep. Because um, really, at the end of the day, a therapist like you, Doc, that's going to be somebody who's going to help you learn how to negotiate, right? It's like yeah, a third-party I mean, negotiator. Yeah, I think we all, like all of us as humans, need help both learning how to ask for and say what we want and what we need. We don't get a lot of training in that, right? That's hard. That's easy to tell someone to do, but it's actually really scary to do. But the more we practice it, like, so it's kind of like, what's a tip? It seems so sort of, sort of no duh, but it really is like the most, you have to practice. Like anything you want to be better at, you're not just going to magically be good at asking for what you want and what you need. It's like any other skill if you never practice. No, it's true. And Listen, I got to be honest. I say this to, to people all the time, especially based around sex, right? It is like, you know, the more you become in tune with what you like and what you want and what you desire, you know, you got to practice telling people like, this is what I dig. And it's going to be make you uneasy, like or what, like, or what you're not, or, or what, what you're not you comfortable don't, with exactly. your boundaries. Yeah, what are your boundaries? And you got to be able to say this is my boundary, or this is what I like, what I don't like, right? And and once you do that, it actually becomes very freeing the more you practice it and get used to saying like, nope, I don't dig that, or yes, I dig that. This is what I'm up for. This is not what I'm up for. You know, all of that like thing. You know, I I think back to like when I was in my early twenties about sex, like being afraid to like that one foot in the door, one foot out the door, like, you know, I don't know, are we gonna, mm -mm, you know, like uh, maybe try, you know, but when you can get to that place where you can actually have those conversations and, and you've practiced over years, cause now as Jeremiah in his early forties, I'm like, this is what I dig. This is what I don't dig. What do you want? What would you like? What, you know, we have these conversations and dialogues back and forth. Right. So 
when you can do that and you practice at it and then you become better at it, man, I tell you, it opens a whole lot of doors. Would you agree, Doc? I do. I do. I will say this is just more separately because I know sometimes this is around like if you, if we're being specific to the um, context of sex, like I know for some people, the question of like, what do you like? What do you not like? For some people, that's like the world's most stressful question because their answer is, I don't know, which is separately also totally fine. Totally not okay. Know. Really more of the point is like, if you're aware that you're giving something or doing something that like is important to you or like really doesn't feel good for you like practicing like essentially it's self-advocacy and being assertive and being assertive doesn't mean you got to like come in like i think sometimes people misperceive assertive as like and i come in like a like a boss and i'm like <laughs> meow, meow 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 like this is what i want this is what i need you there are like an infinite number of ways to be assertive like you yes. can do that yes you don't have to feel that way about something and that's not what assertiveness is assertiveness is just about speaking your truth and maybe your truth is, unless we take it to sex, maybe someone's truth is, I don't know, but I do know at this point, I'm not ready for that, right? There or that go. that doesn't feel quite right for me. There you go. And, and it's really more about saying, or like, I do know that I really need your help. Like, let's take it out of sex. Like, let's say you know that you are feeling very overwhelmed with how much of the housework you have responsibility for. Okay. Let's say you're, you have a live-in partner right? and you just keep doing it and doing it. And you're getting like, like, you don't want to have like conflict about it, or you don't want to disappoint them because I don't know, maybe they keep on saying like, gosh, I just appreciate how much you do around the house. And you're like, great. But in your head, you're like, I need more of your help. I'm slowly dying. Right. <laughs> right. Like you could keep doing that. It's probably not going to sustain well versus just practicing. And again, it is truly a practice going, Hey, I need more help. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I need more help from you. I can't like, so where does the fear of disappointment coming in saying to somebody, I can't keep up what you expect of me or what I worry you expect of me. Cause sometimes they might not actually expect it of you. Mm -hmm. Right. Like being able to be honest with somebody else and to go like, here's actually where I'm struggling or here's what I need help with or what I need supported or what I need. I feel like would be ideal for me that you do for me. <laughs> right. Right. It's, and that I, I say that, and I know that it, it sounds like a simple thing, but it's actually like a lot of us are not practiced in that. We don't learn how to do that. Side note, some of us also like, you know, like I said, there are some relational dynamics that are a little bit more extreme. Some of us also come from family dynamics that like disappointment could have been a really negative thing in the home. Sure. Sure. Right. We really were like, there maybe were really stressful consequences if we disappointed like yeah. our parents or loved ones. And like, we carry that with us, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. we've done episodes on baggage. We all got baggage. Baggage is not to me a, a bad word. Anybody who says they don't is a liar. liar right. It's just our collective, we, we collect experiences through life and we bring those into the relationships that we're in. Yep. And so sometimes some of us have collected more stressful experiences over time than others or just more complex experiences. So sometimes that fear of disappointment has maybe nothing to do with the person in front of us, but is, is a little bit older, right? Sure. Like where some really hard or difficult things did happen in the past when we disappointed somebody else. And so yeah. now we're really afraid of it. And also in those scenarios, getting support from maybe somebody, a professional or somebody, if that feels like that might apply to you and you haven't you don't know how to kind of navigate that that can be used because sometimes you can have a partner going what is happening 
I don't care about any of this as much as you think I care about Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. And then they start getting really frustrated because they're like, I'm not asking you to do any of these things or like this stuff is not even really that important, you know? And sometimes, sometimes not always, but sometimes that can be a little bit about the ghosts of our pasts coming, coming into the present. I totally agree with that. hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Um, I only have a couple more things. Um, this might sound silly, but this is an actual tip, right? If you're, let's say you're gearing up to do something that you fear. Side note, a lot of times it, it probably won't end in disappointment, but there are times, but you fear is going to cause disappointment in somebody. Like a lot of times that fear is also linked to like fear of conflict, right? Or fear of them expressing disappointment. Right. Sometimes even saying out loud to ourselves, if you're trying to like, think about it, like uh, kind of like amp yourself up to do something, right? Like you get, mm-hmm. you're trying to like pump yourself up to go like do something, like, just like if you were like, I don't know, going to perform or something or like, I don't know, give a speech at work and you're like, you can do this. Similarly, like a little bit of like positive self-talk and doesn't even need to be positive, but just like neutral self-talk where you're trying to go, I can handle this. I can handle the sensation of someone being upset with me. Mm-hmm. I can handle the sensation of maybe someone expressing disappointment in me. That feeling won't last forever, right? Like saying that stuff out loud and it might feel a little silly, but like, Sometimes that would come from like cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes doing some thought challenging and saying it out loud would be an externalization. If you don't want to say it out loud, writing it down, I can handle this. I can handle others being disappointed in me. Let's say you're trying to tell a boss that you're not going to work on the weekend because you don't get paid to. And you know that they're probably not going to fire you for it, right? And you need to set your boundary or your limit, or you need to say like, I got to be able, you're asking me to work late and I got to be able to pick up my kids from school. And that's really important to me that I do that, right? Like anything that would require self-advocacy, just because your boss is like, (sighs) expresses disappointment doesn't mean that they're not going to be over it. Right. Soon. Right. Now, if you work in a, again, these are not like, I'm talking, not talking about like abusive environments in which somebody like then truly does do something egregious, you know, Mm -hmm. if you disappoint them, I'm talking more in like day-to-day stuff. Like, you can totally have a, a, a boss or let's say a friend wants you to, I don't know, wants you to go to Vegas for the weekend. And you're like, I hate Vegas. That's my personal hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you I don't mean, like- I like Vegas. I mean, it's so tacky and ridiculous. I mean, if I could decorate my whole house like Excalibur, I'd probably do it. And that's what that's why I have a wife. She sets boundaries. And we had, you know, worrying about disappointment. She said, absolutely not not going right. to happen it's not our house will not look like excalibur right and so i was disappointed but but she, she handled it i handled it and we're fine everything's fine right so being able to tell your friend like i just let's say you hate vegas i just don't like vegas rather than suffering through three days in vegas and spending a lot of money and then coming home and being super annoyed that your friend dragged you and being upset with them Mm-hmm. because you didn't say that you don't want to go right so like and i get that that's hard but the reality is a friend might be hurt but odds are good that if you tell people the truth and you're kind about it most people most reasonable people are going to be able to move through it truth and truth you will all be fine everyone preach, will doc, be fine preach <laughs> um so the final piece is this, and I said at the beginning, I'm going to say it at the end, I'm going to double down because it's the most important part. Practicing what I would and others would call radical acceptance, right? Like expect that you will disappoint people in this life. 
That is yeah. an impossible task to set you up for. There is no way around it. It's true. You cannot take care of yourself well enough to be effective for others if you are not being truthful about what you can and cannot do or what you can and cannot handle over time. And so you will have to disappoint others. It is a essential to your own mental health. Yes, it is. (laughs) Be able to go, I can't do that. And all you can try to do is to build your trust and confidence that the more you practice that also separately, you'll be able to do it sooner. So you minimize how disappointed other people actually are, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You you do it sooner. And the more you practice it, it's like any other skill, the better you get at disappointing other people. And like doing it with doing it with class, doing it with style, you know, where they might walk away going, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But I also feel really good about how they said that with me. I totally agree. I totally agree on that. hundred percent. And then just in closing, I do want to like, just repeat as I'm saying these things, I do understand that some com- like some situations are more complex than others, right? Some people do have scenarios in which they cannot set boundaries or limits because it would actually be unsafe to do so. And those are scenarios in which additional support, help, yes. professional intervention is necessary. And I and or maybe you have to like let's say a job or something where you maybe need to just work to get support to find your way out of that environment. Yes. And so I do want to be clear that not all of these things are always created equal. And some of it is sometimes you can't just set a boundary or a limit because it'd be dangerous to do so. Makes Emotionally sense. or literally. Yes, from sure. Absolutely. And that's where you go find someone like the doc and you get some additional support and they help you through it. Because the truth of the matter is sometimes things can be more difficult. Sometimes things can be super easy. And it's just about knowing when you actually need a little bit of extra help. And we always recommend here at the University of Pleasure, if you're in that situation where it is really difficult, reach out, find some help, find some support. And, uh, you know, go talk to someone like the doc because they can help you through it. So. Doc, thank you for everything that you do for so many people. This was a really great one. I learned a lot about me today, which is really what's most important. And I feel really good about everything I learned. And I just hope everybody out there are millions of fans that even if Greg wasn't here, you still would have liked me best. And that is all (laughs) that really matters. Uh, I just need that reaffirmation. So thank you, Doc, again. Thank you for hopping on with your headaches and all that's going on there. And uh, I would also like to thank me for coming on high on Percocet and uh, with my hand feels like it was shoved into a meat grinder. I mean, I still I still really have some wariness about the ethics of that, but we will... Ethics, ethics, this we podcast. Seem to, we seem we've to get it through. No, we've got, like, there are no rules. It's like the Wild West out here, Doc. It's the greatest thing ever, okay? I'm not advocating people take painkillers outside of having major surgery like me. I don't take them on, you know, a regular basis, and I'm not advocating it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just saying... the ethics of advice giving on Percocet. <laughs> I don't know what ethics you're talking about. I can't keep up. It's just too much. <laughs> okay. But thank well, you, you again. Should take a, I hope you get to take a nap here. I'm going to listen. I've been napping like a champ. My wife literally was like, my husband never naps. And the other day I napped like three different times, but I'm at my cottage and it's just so relaxing here. And well, you got to heal. heal. You got to heal. heal up, man. I got to heal up. So. Again, thank you for everything you do, Doc. I so appreciate it. I did love doing this episode. It was a great learning curve. And uh, thank you to all of our fans who listen to the University of Pleasure. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all the social media. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye, Doc. Bye. Oh, and don't forget, just be kind to one another. It's out, all right? It's not easy out there. All right, I'm going to say bye again. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.